fighting for freedom every day. You as the individual, you have the power. You don't have to join a union. You go in as an entry-level position. You get the experience that you need. And then as you work up, you get better at your job, which means they pay you more. If they don't pay you more, then you go to another company to show what you've learned and what your value is to where you can get more. If they really don't like that, then you can go and start your own damn business because we have a free market, laissez-faire, capitalist society, allegedly, to where you can actually go off and do your own thing. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. We finally made it to the end of the week. It is a Friday. It is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier. Welcome into the program today. I hope you had a wonderful day getting you set for a weekend broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in wichita kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country radio tv live streaming and podcasting thanks for hanging out lots to get to lots to talk about as we do here every single day on the show trying to cram as much as we possibly can into a one-hour program because there's just not enough time in the day to talk about all the crazy stupid stuff that's going on in the world so welcome in bottom of the hour we have rebecca terrell she'll be joining us uh, she is a writer for the new american and we've had her on the show once or twice before wonderful individual super happy to have her back on uh, to wrap up the week with us today uh we also have some crazy some weird news today we're going to try and touch on a few different things here but just really strange stories to where apparently the government is literally the worst entity in the world at keeping track of any type of data i know i'm just throwing it out there we already kind of knew that but we're starting to realize that they just have no clue what the hell they're doing uh both at a statewide level on any state at the federal level even at the international level they just have no clue how to record data and how to report that data which really just reinforces the concept that you and i don't trust what the government says at all ever I don't. I like being self-sufficient. I like figuring things out on my own. And you can tell me one thing, but when I'm living in a reality in a world that says otherwise or contradicts what you're saying, then that just reaffirms that you have no clue what you're talking about. Either that or you just have no clue of uh, ways to actually interact with the general public that votes you into office. Here's what I mean. A couple of days ago, we talked about a story from the U.S. Census to where they say, oops, our bad. We actually forgot about 19 million people on the census that were minority individuals in certain communities. Now, this is happening after redistricting lines have been done uh, for congressional seats all over the nation. It's being it's after all the social programming has really been set for how much money certain school districts and certain areas are going to get to help out certain uh, communities and individuals based on incomes on where it is all over the nation. Like, oh, sorry, there's minorities all over the all over the country that we totally forgot. And the more I thought about that one, by the way, too, I really thought that I bet you, I bet you that the minorities that they conveniently forgot in the near of 18.8 million of them that they forgot to count on the U.S. Census where they're like, it's close enough, it's good, whatever. I'm wondering if those aren't the ones that have left these certain inner city communities or certain bad communities that are just expected for them to be lived in because obviously certain we have to live segregated. This is according to the Democrats now. We have to live segregated. We have to have these communities for black individuals or Asian individuals or white individuals, and we just need to keep the glass ceiling on them and give them social programs, never let them have opportunities, continue to raise minimum wage so they can't get entry-level jobs to gain experience to be able to get a higher career later on. You don't want to give them the best education so they don't get into college. You know how it goes. I'm wondering if those 18.8 million 
We're really the ones that are starting to leave that, as we just read a story a few weeks ago of minorities that are leaving the Democrat states, leaving the higher populated areas and going to rural communities where they have better opportunities because things are fair. While the Democrats and the media try to play out the fact that rural communities and the farmers and the white guys in the suburbs and they're just a bunch of evil racist Nazis that cling onto their guns and Bibles and hate minorities in their community. When that's not the case at all, because actually that's where everybody really just doesn't give a crap about race. Uh, for the most part. So I'm wondering if those are the ones that they conveniently forgot to report. I don't know that for a fact. I'm just speculating on that front. But that's example number one. The government obviously has a very hard time being able to collect data properly and being able to relay it to the public. Uh, Now let's relate it to something that we've been dealing with for the last couple of years regarding COVID-19. The COVID pandemic apparently had more people die than what was being reported. I don't know how it was already inflated because they were counting people that died being tested with COVID-19, but not necessarily being the purpose of dying for COVID-19. Or that's the same with hospitalization rates. That's the same with the death rate. I mean, that's been a disaster this entire two years of us trying to figure this out. Oh, what did he die for? Well, he died from stage for lung cancer, but he tested positive for COVID. Well, it's a comorbidity. Put it on there. That's a COVID death. You hospital get another $10,000. Congratulations. That's the crap we've been dealing with for the last two years, and we're sick of that one as well. Well, now, according to uh, the World Health Organization, CBS News reports today that the World Health Organization, the WHO, has declared that the coronavirus global pandemic has hit uh, a new death rate, according to researchers, suggesting that near 18.2 million people worldwide have died from (laughs) COVID-19. They say that total is more than three times higher than the World Health Organization's tally of nearly 6 million that was reported through the end of 2021. Where are they getting these crazy numbers? Three times higher than what was originally anticipated. Now, is it because some like third world country didn't report them? Is it because they're just trying to widen the umbrella of what categorizes a death of COVID-19? I don't know because they don't give the, the information. According to the report, some 1.13 million Americans have died due to the pandemic. The researchers estimate, by comparison, the total current of reported COVID-19 deaths stand at near 960,000. So even here in the U.S., they say 960,000. They say it's really 1.13 million. How? How? We know. See, this is why, again, we just don't trust them. Uh, first off, I want to just say that if we can't get our proper numbers accurate, how are we expected to just blindly trust you and believe you? I get that that's a lot of information. I get that that's a lot of stuff you have to go through. You've had plenty. You've had two years to continue to track this uh, in a somewhat rational manner and a somewhat uh, streamlined manner to where it could be semi-efficient for you. But if you can't get these numbers straight, why do you expect us to just blindly listen to you? Oh, they're saying that this is bad and dangerous again. Really? Okay. This is the point that we're at where they're like, oh, there's a new variant. It's all going to kill everybody. Okay. Let me know when it's passed before the next one hits. And we just go on about our day because we're sick of that crap. But when they say, oh, by the way, the numbers that we're saying, the number of people that died from COVID-19, it's actually tripled. Are you kidding me? How could you be that far off? I don't understand. The new figures published uh, in The Lancet are based on the numbers of excess deaths in countries around the world. 
Researchers determined how many additional deaths occurred from January of 2020 through December 31st of 2021 by modeling the number of expected deaths in their years unaffected by the global pandemic compared to the total number who actually died. So they're generalizing and they're saying, all right, on average, this is how many people die in this country per year based on old age, based on lung cancer, based on brain cancer, based on accidents, whatever. They've averaged that out and then Anything in excess of that, they're like, okay, well, it must be COVID. (laughs) This is, again, why we end up not trusting you. But it's political posturing. I mean, because now this is in another attempt to try and make Joe Biden and Democrats, not just in the country here, but socialists all over the world, try and look good for the way they've handled COVID-19 by putting mandates and, and control over you and your daily life. It's all political posturing. Just like the Ukrainian issue, which we'll get to in a second here, that segues perfectly into this. But it's political posturing because now the Biden administration can come out and say, wow, look at that. We've gone through two terrible years. The Trump administration uh, really didn't handle this very good. We started getting people back on track. We got them vaccinated. We put down the mandates. We did this. We did that. Look at that. Now we're coming out of it. And even though the numbers were higher, we're the ones that were able to stop this. It's a political posturing the Democrats are going to come out with, and mark my words, you're going to hear them say that on the campaign trail over the next couple months as they start trying to focus on the midterm elections. Globally, it's going to happen as well because they're tired of what we're seeing in Russia right now. And I'm for a minute, I'm going to defend Russia, not in the way that you think so. I'm sure you're getting annoyed at hearing that sounder, but not in the way that you think I'm going to defend Russia, but Russia... And all of its craziness and communism and Vladimir Putin-isms that there are and evil, tyrannical ways that he oppresses his people and destroys. He has one thing going for him, and that is his nationalism and his defense of his nation on what he thinks is best for his country. That's it. That's the only thing he's got going for him. But by golly, it's a good one. And I think other nations can take a lesson from that as well. While we saw during the Trump administration and really that era globally, we saw other nations really push on a conservative populist mindset in other nations. What was it, Chile or Brazil? I think it was the Brazilian president was a an extremely conservative uh, gal that was a populist conservative. We obviously had the Uh, Brexit that was going on with Boris Johnson and with Nigel Farage and some of those conservatives that were really pushing to exit out of the, uh, the European Union. Kudos to them for doing that one. We had a lot of conservatives globally with this big movement that really Trump started here in the U.S. of A. It was a big movement. Now, on the other hand, we're the pendulum swinging back the other direction and we're seeing a little bit more of a progressive takehold globally, not just here in the U.S. of A. Started off with Joe Biden, the uh, Kamala Harris, the most liberal senator in the United States that ended up becoming vice president of the United States. It still has no clue what the hell she's doing. I mean, uh, apparently she has to break it down to, you know, uh, Ukraine and Russia for dummies 101. And she talks about how, the, you know, Russia's a bigger country and Ukrainians a smaller country. And it's really bad when the bigger country tries to take over the small country. Like, thank you, Kamala Harris. We appreciate that very much. Outside of us, there's another country of Chile down in South America to where there's a 38-year-old millennial named Gabriel Boric who has now been elected as the El Presidente of Chile as a an extreme left-wing advocate, uh, advocate, a progressive, a socialist who's trying to expand their social programs. The revolt, uh, according to him, a take over the reins, so he's 36, uh, is taking over the reins of the country. 
following mass protests in 2019 where he supported the deep-rooted inequality in income, health care, education, and pensions. Uh, he has vowed to re uh, to regulate the uh, to the grave the neoliberal economic model, which dates back to the era of military despots uh, that were in the country. As uh, he continues to try and promote the his alliance with the Communist Party in the country, we're now seeing a shift globally in this. Because right now, what they're seeing, and they're using this as an example, that Russia, where they've cut themselves off from the global and international banks, where they're cutting themselves off from international trade, where after we've cut off MasterCard and Visa Card, and we've cut their stock market down, and we've cut the ruble down internationally, there, while it's hurting the people and devastating the people, Putin doesn't care. Because he's bought up a bunch of gold and a bunch of silver, and he's trying to inflate it himself just based on going back to a gold standard and trying to rebrand and restart his nation all over, completely independent, completely severed from the global ties and doing things on his own. And while that's very dangerous for a communist dictator to do to the rest of the world, it's really a smart move for a country overall, isn't it? It really is. But it's the political posturing. So that's why I laugh when we hear about uh, Joe Biden trying to put these harsh sanctions on Russia because he almost envies it. But at the same time, he sees it as dangerous of seeing this movement coming back of nationalism, of pride for the country. And while he tries to say we're building back better as our nation, what is he doing is he's got rid of our own independence. He's kind of put our vines back into the ties globally in other markets for energy and for other imports and exports that we're doing. And then he's tried to make us more dependent on the international market to where we couldn't do what Vladimir Putin is doing, as in if you guys try to put sanctions on us and shut us down, that we would be okay because we wouldn't be okay right now. If the rest of the world tried to do it to the U.S., we would not be okay right now. And they're realizing this is a danger, this is a threat, because how dare you actually just go off on your own and not care what the rest of the world's doing. Now, what Vladimir Putin obviously is doing is wrong, but his tactics are right in trying to be more independent. And they're scared of that. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I do find it ironic that when we had an America First agenda under the Trump administration, that things were cranking, things were doing really well. The Democrats despised it. They hated the America First agenda. We don't want to be energy independent. We don't want to cut off the rest of the world. Look at what the rest of the world's saying about us, which is crap. And number one, why should we care what the rest of the world says? Because we need to look out for our own interests, which is why trade deals were horrible and our exports were bad and we weren't making any money with all of our exports. We were just giving stuff away. We weren't incentivizing businesses to want to stay here and be prideful that they were able to stay here in the country. And that was one thing for Trump voters that I think was a big stickler was, wait, wait a second. We can be proud of who we are. We can be proud of the products that we punch out and the manufacturing that we do here locally and creating new jobs and creating new manufacturing and having that sticker made in America. We want to look out for our exports and tariffs and our imports and our interests more so than just yours and giving it away. And we gotten so used to that because you got to remember who had been in power for so long. We started off with this globalization from George H.W. Bush back in the day, in the 90s. Remember when he talked about the new world and the, the, the new world order, not in the sense of a new world order of like a global government, although it kind of turned into that and he may have had some subliminal messages in there as well. But he really talked about the new world order as in the new globalization that was happening. Easier to transport things, easier to trade with other nations all around the world to where it's going to be an interconnected international level. And since then, since then, the same guy, by the way, George H.W. Bush, that called Reaganomics voodoo economics because he hated Ronald Reagan with his cutting of taxes and deregulation and, you know, getting government out of things. The Bushes were big government guys. They were Republican-ish, but they were big government guys that supported Republican special interests, but still grew the government just in a different flavor. So we started off the globalization market with that. Then we had the Clintons yeah, that ended up screwing things up as well with the far-left agenda they had. Then we went back to George W. Bush that was, again, a big government Republican that just grew the government again with Republican flavors to it. That, I mean, still bailed people out, still did the globalization thing, still was making profits on the end of that one. We go from that to Barack Obama, a far left extremist, to Donald Trump that finally said, wait a second, this is not okay. We really started off the whole globalist mindset on a very bad track. And since then, we hadn't been able to really make America first in our own agenda to make sure that we were proper. And now we have Joe Biden just reversing all that because, no, 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 we've gone down this road so far. We're not going to turn back course now. We're going down the road of globalism, of internationalism, of being able to have a global government tell us what to do. We don't like the nationalism and the national pride. We don't like that. And it's been that way since the 90s. Now that we're seeing a country that's really giving 
the uh, middle finger to the rest of the country uh, to the rest of the world by saying we're gonna don't, we don't care if you cut off Mastercard and Visa we don't care if you cut us off from the internet and social media we don't care if you cut us off from trade we don't care if you put sanctions on our banks we don't care we're doing our own thing now it's dangerous in a tyrant's mind that's a good thing when we're actually here because we just don't want to be involved with it and we just want to be left alone right now a tyrant unfortunately is uh, doing it Democrats wanting to stop Russia is the good thing, but for the wrong reason. Because it's not about Ukraine to them. It's about the fact that he's trying to be an independent, sovereign, nationalist country of just saying, to hell with the world, we're doing our own thing. That's what they're trying to stop. They're not, they don't give a crap about Ukraine, other than, of course, the, you know, the children and the elderly individuals and the, uh, the care, care homes that are being devastated right now. Like, they care about those. I'm not saying they're completely inhumane. What I am saying is that that's, not, that's the farce that they're promoting to save Ukraine by going after Russia. The main purpose of progressives and liberal socialists to stop Russia is to stop this nationalism that's trying to put a stake in the ground and trying to make a scene and saying we don't care what the rest of the world says. Even the Russian oligarchs, they've come out against Putin and they're like, yeah, this whole nationalism is going to send us back to like 1913. It's going to be devastating for our nation because the world wants to make Russia an example of that type of mindset. While at the same time, remember, Biden's trying to say build back better and really is trying to steal the entire campaign from Donald Trump saying that we want to put America first when that's just not true because they hate nationalism. They hate patriotism. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today on a Friday, trying to wrap up your week. Having a little fun doing it, too. Welcome into the show. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting all over the country. And we appreciate you, no matter where you may be watching or listening. Your political therapist reporting for duty as well. Trying to therify you every day from the crazy politics that is, right? Bringing you back into that zen. That's what we do here on the show. Welcome back in. So, uh, by the way, we have an audio clip. We'll try and play it before the end of the program today. Ted Cruz uh, going after the media about the energy agenda from the Biden administration, trying to say, well, there's like a 9, 11,000 different uh, permits for oil rigs to be drilling. Why aren't they doing it? And, 
you know, while the Democrats and Joe Biden's trying to really hype up the fact that he really did kill the energy industry and we're not producing nearly as much of what we were just a few years ago when we, for the first time, became a net exporter instead of a net importer uh, like we always have been, I find it interesting that uh, they can just get away with that when the facts just aren't there. So we'll play that here in just a little bit. But I don't want to waste any time. Let's get into our What's Trending of the Day. What's trending today? And this is the perfect way to wrap up the week as we have our next guest on the program. She is a uh, senior editor uh, and a contributor to The New American. You can find them at thenewamerican.com. But really happy to have back on the program with us here, Rebecca Terrell. Rebecca, how are you today? Doing fine. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you back on. I Let's talk about this Freedom Convoy because there's a lot to get to, obviously, with the energy and inflation and Russia and Ukraine and everything. But right now, what's not getting... Any attention in the media, I have not seen anything on the media about it at all, except for conservative outlets, is the fact that there is still a freedom convoy that's going through the nation right now, is there not? Absolutely. Well, the people who live in Washington, D.C. are certainly aware of it because this freedom convoy has been in the Washington, D.C. area now for a week. And every day they're circling the Beltway, which is a 64-mile interstate loop around Washington, D.C., um, and they're making one extra loop for every day that they're there. Mm. So the first day it was one loop, and the second day they say that they're about ten miles long. The last count, well, the most accurate count they got actually was as they passed through Oklahoma. The uh, Oklahoma state troopers told them it was seven thousand vehicles <laughs> long. You know, it, and it wasn't just truckers; it's also people in RVs, people in private vehicles. And they have all descended on Hagerstown, Maryland. That's where they're camping out, which that's impressive in and of itself because Hagerstown is about 75 miles to the northwest of the Washington, D.C. Beltway. So they've got a long drive just to come into the city every day. I mean, talk about a commute, you know. Yeah, that's one heck of a commute. It almost sounds like they're circling the walls of Jericho right now. I know it. You you wonder if the horns are the, you know, if, if their air horns are the horns of Jericho. So yeah. we'll see. But they, they have the, they have the leaders of the convoy have been meeting with legislators on Capitol Hill throughout the week. But what they're what they're wanting, their main demand is that it is for an end to the emergency declaration that Biden just unilaterally extended for, well, really indefinitely. Sure. It should have it should have ended March first. It, it stems from the original declaration of emergency that President Trump made when he was still in office. But Biden, of course, extended it last year, and now he's extended it again. And there's no end date. And the Senate, I don't know if anybody has been following this, but the Senate actually passed just the other day passed a measure to end that mandate. It passed by I think one vote. <laughs> In the Senate now, it's going to go before the House, and we can all pretty much predict what Nancy Pelosi's House is going to do with that. But let's say by some miracle, it passed the House. Biden has already said he's going to veto it. So it would take two-thirds of each House to override his veto, so we know that that's probably not going to. Not going to happen. But so, you know, the, the truckers and their supporters are really doing a wonderful thing for us, and they're they are standing by the Constitution and naming the Constitution as the solution to this crisis. And it's not a crisis. It's not a health crisis. It's a crisis of government overreach. And that is what they're 
they're standing up for the rest of us who want this to be heard. Yeah. That we want that message to be heard. Well, I hope that they can get their agenda done because you're right. They need to meet and we need to end this or at least have a conversation on the D.C. Compare this to what happened in Canada, though, because Canada, they lasted for a good long time. But then we saw the news stories about and and we had you want to talk about it as well, about the the bank accounts where they weren't getting their money with the GoFundMe. The government just consuming that they started arresting the drivers. They started just towing their trucks. I mean, it just kind of fizzled out, unfortunately, because the government refused to meet with them and just ended up locking it down. Uh, I'm wondering how long these guys are going to be able to hold out here. Right. I And you know what? I don't know. You, you started off the segment talking about the energy crisis and those trucks. They, <laughs> they're yeah. gas guzzlers or diesel guzzlers. But, um, yeah, the, the situation in Canada, actually, I think that the truckers did a great thing because they sparked a global movement because – this, this convoy in America is not the only one. There's been one in Europe, and there's been one in Australia where they, they really need help. And, um, you know, one thing that came back and bit Justin Trudeau was that everyone whose bank accounts were frozen decided to pull out from those major banks that did that to them and bring their business elsewhere. So that's why he suddenly inexplicably revoked the emergency order. But yes, he did He did squelch the um, movement in Ottawa. There are still, actually, Danny Bulford and quite a few of them are still in Ottawa staging their own independent protest. Um, but, and did you hear about, you knew that he and Timur Leach and um, Chris Barber, who were the main convoy organizers, they were all arrested. Yes. He and Chris were almost immediately released. In fact, Danny believes his arrest was unlawful. But Tamara was held for more than, I think it was two weeks, and was not, and there was a judge who decided that she was too much of a risk to national security to let her out on bail. Mm. (laughs) Tamara. Sure. (laughs) Little bitty, this little bitty lady who I think is something like 5'4" and who preaches nothing but love, and and asked people, please pray. He, she wanted people to pray for Trudeau. She had people praying in the streets for for their oppressors, and uh, but she was too much of a danger to be let out on bail. Now, she has, on March 7th, which was this past Monday, a, another judge reversed that, and she is out on bail. But she was ordered to leave Ottawa within 24 hours, and leave Ontario within 72 hours, and she cannot contact anyone associated with the trucker's convoy. Wow. And so you're like, wow, that's that's freedom there, yeah. isn't it? So that's what you get for in Canada for expressing your opinion when it goes against the party line. But, yeah, they really um, lock things down up there. That's wild. Yeah. They did, but the truckers in the United States have vowed they are not going into Washington, D.C., because they say that would be stepping right into a trap. Because Biden actually um, deployed the National Guard in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and they have did, something yeah. like, right, they have something like 50 armored vehicles there, which is funny because the truckers keep saying, we're not coming. We're not going inside the Beltway. We're sticking around the Beltway. Um, I mean, individual organizers are going in by invitation of, for instance, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Senator Ted Cruz of Texas. Uh, they've met with them and and described to them what an uphill battle they have, especially in regards to the House. 
but um you know at this point yeah well i mean it's, it seems like they it, it could go on for a while because the big question is, is is there enough of them there to make an impact obviously it was a major issue in canada because there were so many trucks there right. that it really it really affected the supply chain of getting things to these small towns transporting things all over trying to do that border between the us and canada it was a major it was a major thing uh, the big question is, is, is there enough trucks there that would slow down the transportation of goods here in the country for it to actually have enough impact where Congress has to listen to them? Or are they just going to be like, oh, they'll get bored and they'll they'll stop in a couple of weeks and they get tired and go back to work? Uh, because it sounds like that's what they're kind of banking on. Right. And it does sound that way. And I'm not sure that they are going to have a direct impact on the legislative process right now. However, I don't think that they're wasting their time. And for for two reasons, they are waking people up to the importance of our Constitution. There's a big push right now um, calling for a new constitutional convention to rewrite our Constitution. And that cannot happen. Our Constitution right now has the the tools that we need to solve any of this, these problems, these draconian mandates that are coming out of Washington, D.C. Article 6 of the United States Constitution specifies exactly what that state legislatures and even your local sheriff has the power to stop any measure coming, whether it's legislative, whether it's judicial decree, whether it's bureaucratic edict, anything that comes out of Washington, D.C., even even your local sheriff has the power to say, oh, no, uh-uh, that's contrary to the Constitution. It is contrary to the supreme law of the land. Therefore, it does not happen under my jurisdiction. Sure. And and that is, I think that the, I think that the fact that they're waking people up, and they're also... You know, if I were a Democrat on Capitol Hill right now, I'd be very nervous about the upcoming elections. And these, these truckers, even though the major media is ignoring them, we've learned through COVID, a lot of people are getting most of their news from alternative sources. Sure. They're, and anything that comes out of the major media, they're like, well, if they are for that, I'm by default against it. <laughs> well, and I, yeah, you know, you're right. I think a lot of people are there. If if the media says it, then it's probably wrong. I mean, I haven't heard a single person where they where they're not like I, I watch you know One American News Network or I watch Newsmax or I read the New American or I listen to talk radio or I listen to Joe Rogan. I mean, that's where right. people are getting their information. They're not getting it from CNN and MSNBC. We got to take a break here, real quick. We're talking with Rebecca Terrell, thenewamerican.com. She's a senior editor there, contributor as well. I want to continue this conversation when we come back and tie it into some of the other current events, inflation, the high gas prices, the ongoing energy issue with Russia and the Ukraine, and more as we kind of wrap up today for a Friday here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. Reason with Andy Hoosier. Andy Hoosier here, reminding you not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. Again, that's HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community.
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reason throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Years under Trump, hearing Democrats say Russia, Russia, Russia. And now the Biden White House wants to say all of the disaster of inflation, that's Russia's fault too. The one problem is the facts. On day one as president, Joe Biden canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He killed 11,000 high-paying jobs, including 8,000 union jobs. On day one, he froze, he halted all new leases on federal lands, both onshore and offshore. And shortly thereafter, he halted development of Anwar, the incredibly uh, rich, small portion of Alaska that has vast petroleum reserves. Boom. I mean, you can't really say it any more than that, can you? Winning. That's what I'm talking about. Rebecca Terrell with The New American. TheNewAmerican.com is the website. Go and check uh, that out. I mean, this is really, and it ties in with really the Freedom Convoy as well, which I got to say, uh, I mean, you, I love the fact that we can still have a purpose for the Freedom Convoy instead of rather than just Congress like, oh, I just hope you fizzle out here. But this is part of it. I mean, the fact that they're not, I mean, they're filling up their gas tanks. $1,000, I've seen these pictures on social media, $1,000 to fill up a semi right now. Uh, this is getting out of hand while they're trying to be like, oh, it's totally just because of Russia and us cutting off the Russian oil. I don't know who's falling for this propaganda. Well, it's like Dr. Robert Malone has said, it is mass formation psychosis. It's this groupthink that they've imposed on us through the major media. And the major media is, the, is their main conduit for, for pushing the, their agenda on everyone. And we have to realize our government is lying to us. And it has been lying to us, for, I know, for as long as I've been alive, at, and for longer than that. We have to understand we are in charge of our country, not them. Yeah. We are the ones, it's, and it comes down to us, and it is our responsibility. We cannot sit back and just watch TV and think somebody else is going to take care of it. We've got to take care of it. And all, this, all of a sudden, you've seen COVID has just disappeared from, <laughs> from the headlines because, oh, it's all Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And you have to wonder, you know, they, they simulated the COVID pandemic Back in the Gates Foundation and the World Economic Forum, they've conducted several different exercises, 2017, 18, 19. They conducted different exercises, and they planned out what became, in reality, the COVID pandemic. And you can go online and see. They brag about this. Yeah. Klaus Schwab wrote a book about it, The Great Reset, uh, COVID-19, The Great Reset, which he published in July of 2020. 
just a few months after the pandemic had been declared. How? What? What's with that timing? And we have to we have to realize we are being lied to. We are being in a way hypnotized into believing all this. So you know when you hear all of this stuff about oh support Ukraine, support Ukraine, watch out. Yeah. You know, be careful. Be careful what you're going to fall for this time. Let's let's learn something from COVID and realize, okay, we had a virus. We had a virus that could kill people. We had a virus that more than 99% of people survived. Yeah. <laughs> and no. yet we locked down and put ourselves into this horrible situation where now we have this rampant uh, inflation and we have this energy crisis. And don't get me started on that with renewable energy. Renewable energy cannot keep an industrial society functioning yeah. because the sun doesn't shine most of the time <laughs> and the wind doesn't blow most of the time. You have to, energy, electricity has to be generated as it is used and used as it is generated. Wind and solar can't do that. No, that's very true. Uh, you're absolutely right. And it's a prime example of that Russia-Ukrainian issue right now to where we don't know what to believe because we distrust media and not just the media, but the administration, anything coming out of the government. If Fauci opens his mouth, anybody from the NIH, anybody from the FDA, anybody from the USDA, I don't trust a single word that agencies even say with our own government, which is a dangerous spot because now with the Russia-Ukrainian incident, you're like, what is true? I mean, I know that Vladimir Putin is a communist dictator. I know that he treats his people like crap. I know that he's bombing children and, and people right now. I know that's going on. So, no, I don't like what he's doing. What's the rest of the story here? And we can't trust what we're hearing on the news outlets. Well, our founding fathers gave us the answer to this very situation. Avoid entangling alliances. It's not our fight. But we've inserted ourselves over there. Look at the bio labs. What's going on there? Sure. That'll be an interesting story as it evolves, won't it? Yeah, exactly. Once more information comes out, and, and they're trying to downplay it now. I know they made a statement to the United Nations. We'll see where that one goes. We're out of time. Rebecca Terrell, the new American. Rebecca, it's so good to talk to you. we got to get you back on on a regular basis here. Great to talk with you, Andy. Thank you. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure. Visit them, thenewamerican.com. Go check out all the great pieces and everything that she's working on, along with so many other wonderful individuals over there. That does it for us today. Back at it on Monday for a whole brand new week. We have an entire awesome slate of individuals. Paul Manafort, formerly with the Trump administration, he'll be joining us on Wednesday next week, so get ready for that one. Until then, podcast up in just a little bit. Be your own voice of reason. It's time to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government, censorship, and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media.